It's been a big week for blockchain-based games. We've got Alien Worlds coming out with a new way that they're going to calculate their NFT rewards for mining, hopefully designed to make it more efficient. We've got Colonize Mars announcing more details for the upcoming mission to crate sale. We've got Splinterlands ironically being banned from its official Twitter account. And then on top of that, we've got City States Medieval Edition, which is a new blockchain-based game that's going to be built on Stellar. So the choice of Stellar Network as a blockchain-based gaming platform is interesting to me but also the concept of a medieval city-states type game is interesting so I'll cover all of these updates as well as giving you a sneak peek into this new game in this video Hey everyone and welcome this is the part-time economist and in today's video we're talking about some of the big updates with the three blockchain games that I follow this would be Splinterlands, Colonize Mars, Alien Worlds as well as giving you a sneak peek into a game that I'm potentially interested in coming up which would be this City States Medieval Edition so a lot of updates just quick things to cover here in this video starting off with Alien Worlds so those of you who may know Alien Worlds has kind of been reaching a place where they have a lot of new people coming into the ecosystem. It's a very popular game, and that's presented some challenges that the team has had to address. So when I first started the game, I was getting pretty good trillium amounts simply from mining with a basic shovel. As more people came into the game, I had to get more powerful tools, and I got lucky to where a friend of mine lent me some really high-powered tools. And when I was mining with these, I was getting an NFT at least every other time that I mined, and sometimes I would get an NFT every single time that I mined. And unfortunately, the team said that this wasn't sustainable, so they really dramatically reduced the amount of NFT drops that you would be eligible for. So people just weren't getting NFTs as much. Not only did this present an issue for the players, but it also presented scaling solutions, right? So within Wax, there's the issue of CPU and net and RAM, and the more transactions, the more NFTs something has to send out, the more strain it's going to put on them, the more resources they're gonna to have to use. So with this new update, there's going to be a little bit of changes to the way that these NFT drops are calculated from your mining rewards. And as you can see here, one of the issues is that their smart contract that determines these mining rewards has run out of CPU. So obviously that's not good for a game, that's not good for the miners, it's not good for anyone. So what they're going to be doing is they're going to be changing the way that they calculate this. So from here on out, what they're going to be doing is per hour, they will be dropping one legendary NFT card, four epic, 16 rare, 64 common, and 256 abundant cards. And we don't know the entire details of how this will actually affect you as a miner, but what we do know is that this script is going to run once per hour, and it will take into account the cumulative amount of luck generated per miner during that hour. So just looking at it, what it looks like is your chances of getting these cards are kind of going to be compared of your luck compared to the total mining pools luck all put together and again that fixed amount of nft drops per hour and for those of you who are hoping that this might get you more nfts unfortunately as it says here the rates will be subject to continuous review by the Federation as needed, but the rates are roughly equivalent, but in some cases slightly lower than the amounts previously issued. So for those of you who are hoping to start getting more NFTs, that does not look like that's going to be the case with this. However, it does still have the benefit of making the game run more efficiently, putting a less drain on their resources. Now, one other thing when we talk about the game running efficiently, and this is old news, but 
If you're not seeing NFTs arriving in your wallet, part of that could be just because there's less NFTs going out, but it could also be because you have to go through and manually claim those NFTs. So if it's been two months that you've been mining, you've not seen any NFTs, it might be worthwhile checking out this article that shows you how to go in and manually claim those NFTs. Colonize Mars though really being the big mover this week because I remember in the last video I talked last week about Colonize Mars and a little overview of the game as well as their upcoming Mission 2 crate sale. This week instead of just giving us all the announcements at once they kind of trickled out the announcements over a period of several days. So the first thing for those of you who do not know Colonize Mars space exploration game where you're building a colony on Mars. The first edition of the game they basically had some basic equipment like a Land Rover, a cargo rocket ship, sh solar panels that are set up on the colony. As they move to Mission 2, they're going to be releasing new items that are going to have functionality on the colony. Now, with this being said, their very first crate sale, their NFT drop, you could basically buy as many crates as you wanted. With this, with this new system, for Mission 2, they're going to be very, very limited in supply. So only 15,000 of the standard supply crates 8,000 of the ultimate crates and for this mission they're unleashing something known as the dark matter supply crates now these are going to be kind of a reward for people that hold sketch cards so if you have a sketch card you've got I think it's a 20% chance of getting one of these dark matter crates an 80% chance of an ultimate crate now Within these different crates, obviously, they're going to come at different price points. A lot of people, and this is not financial advice, me personally, looking at it, it looks to me like the ultimate supply crate is going to be the way to go because just based on what you're spending as well as the probability of getting different rarities of cards, the ultimate supply crate looks to be the way to go. One more big change with this. When we had Mission 1, you could create these ownership cards by leveling up. So you could get common cards, burn them into a rare card. You could burn your rare into a gold, a stainless steel, then a gold, dark matter. You could burn lower level rarity cards into these ownership cards. With this mission too, the ownership cards are actually going to be included in the crates themselves. So you can see with a dark matter crate, you've got almost a 2% chance of that ownership card. Obviously, the standard supply crate, you've got a 0.12%. So the ownership card is going to be included directly in the crates, which in my opinion, personally, I think is something good because when you're burning all these cards, when you're leveling them up, you're obviously using a lot of CPU, net, RAM, you're using all of these resources on the Wax blockchain, but you're also getting into an issue where someone might have all the cards they might have invested in getting enough cards to level up and burn but because they have a slow internet connection someone simply that has a faster internet connection can level up their cards before them and then all of these cards that they're holding are basically completely wasted so with that being said i think it's great that they're going to be including the ownership cards in the actual crates themselves on top of that there will be a whitelist for this so remember like i said in the previous mission one crate sale you could buy as many as you wanted with the this, there is going to be a whitelist, but this is something that I don't know. I don't know if I like it or not because it's saying that you don't know the requirements for the whitelist, but they will airdrop an NTT into your wallet so that you'll know if you qualified. But um, And again, I was watching a video with one of the founders and he was basically saying that he wants to make sure that real people can get these crates. So I'm trusting this. I'm hoping that if you're a real person, if you've expressed interest in the game, perhaps by holding one of their cards that they will airdrop this to you but simply not knowing what the whitelist requirements are I'm just sitting here hoping that I'll be eligible for this because a lot of times 
really getting in on the official drop is so much more profitable than waiting till you get on the secondary market where prices can be three to five times higher. So again, we don't know the whitelist requirements. We do know that there will be a whitelist. So personally, I do hold an Alien Worlds card in my wallet. I don't know what else I need. Do I need to follow their Twitter? Do I need to participate in their Discord? I really don't know. So again, on this, you can use your imagination what their whitelisting requirements will be, but I'm going off the the kind of official word from the team here where they say that they want real people to be able to get in on the sale. So I would imagine that demonstrating you're a real person and having some kind of vested interest in the game, maybe through holding an NFT, maybe through holding several NFTs, that that would be a way to get in on this whitelist. Again, more updates here with Colonize Mars. And it was actually, to me, this made my week really exciting, how they kind of trickled out these announcements one by one instead of just giving them to us all at once. So with this new crafting, remember when I did my previous video on Colonize Mars, I said that you would burn three of these cards to level up into the next rarity. Once this Mission 2 crafting reopens, that is no longer an option. You now have to burn six cards to level up. So a lot of people were saying, hey, level your cards up, level your cards up. And I'm really glad that I listened to them and didn't hold on to a bunch of lower level cards because they would have been dropped about 50% in value because now you need six of them to level up. So not only do you need six cards to level up, but the crafting chances have been changed as well. So now, when you try to level up your cards, you have three possible outcomes, critical success, success, and failure. So with a critical success, you've got a 1% chance of making two of the next higher rarity cards. So I burn six of these basic level cards, I get two of the uncommon level cards, right? I burn six gold cards, I get two dark matters. That's a very small chance, but it's something nice to look forward to. You have a 79% chance of basic success. So you burn six of those cards, you come up with one of the next higher rarity, and then you've got a 20% chance of failure. So you, you take six cards, one of those is completely burned and destroyed, you get five of those back, you can buy another card, you can try again, but that one card is gone. So big updates there with Colonize Mars, and then again at two pointed out, their upcoming crate sale, that is definitely something to pay attention to, follow their Twitter, everything like that to make sure you stay up to date on that. And one last thing with Colonize Mars, what it says is that starting on June 27th, Every day at 4 p.m. UTC, they're going to be airdropping a new and exclusive sticker. So you can take part in that. Who knows? That might be one of the things for the whitelist. Do you have one of our free stickers? And that could be a way of just proving that you've engaged with them, right? So I don't know, but that is possible. So with that being said, that's about all the major updates for Colonize Mars. Moving on, I wanted to talk about Splinterlands because this is something that's kind of interesting to me. Splinterlands, a blockchain-based game, getting banned from their official Twitter account. Now, you have been on Twitter. You have seen some of the nasty comments that people say, some of the absolute craziness that goes on on Twitter. And I've followed Splinterlands for a long time. I've looked at their accounts. And just me being someone that's kind of casually browsing, I've never seen anything that's promoting a scam, that's being you know mean, that's saying bad things. So it's kind of a little bit of a surprise to me why their Twitter account got banned. But this is just a reminder that even within cryptocurrency, you don't have to be doing some kind of crazy DeFi protocol or talking about 
you know, a new financial system. Simply being a cryptocurrency-based website can get you additional scrutiny. So I do think that, once again, reiterates the importance of why all of these blockchain-based platforms are important, why decentralization is important, why having alternate social media is important, right? So if you're a YouTube creator, if you're an Instagram influencer, if you're someone that's just on these legacy platforms, again, this is Splinterlands. It's a harmless blockchain-based game. Their account is gone just like that. So you know i always encourage people you know not financial advice but i encourage people hey check out odyssey check out library check out hive check out a variety of these different platforms where your content has more freedom where you're more protected as a creator that being said one more thing i did want to talk about before getting into the new game is matora now matora if you all remember i told you about that about two weeks ago it's a project where you can own fractional ownership of meteorites through nfts and when it first came out i'm not gonna lie i was a little bit nervous about it because the team kept saying hey guaranteed staking on our planet guaranteed staking on our planet guaranteed staking on our planet and our planet wasn't isn't in the habit of saying yes we're going to announce this what they typically do is they wait till it's official and they'll say hey it's now live so when matora was saying that they're going to have these staking and i wasn't hearing anything from our planet i was a little bit nervous i was saying well it's a cool project but is this really legit well we do have confirmation now that the meteorite the mtora staking is officially live on our planet so if you bought those packs if you do have those meteorite nfts you are eligible to stake them on our planet and then this is the big thing that i am really looking forward to which is city states medieval so the goal of this is to be a cross-platform empire building mmo currently in development for mobile desktop computers and the the thing here for those of you who do not know, I was really big into knights. I was really big into medieval stuff. Definitely in high school and even going to college, it's something that I still find fascinating. So this game's interesting to me from kind of the empire building perspective that's set in the medieval area because a lot of the NFT games are space-based, they're kind of fantasy-based, so to have something that's kind of historically based, and again, it's not going to be 100% historically accurate, but kind of set in a historic time period, that's something that's very interesting to me. This game is interesting to me because assets in the game are issued as real-world assets on the Stellar network. So for those of you who do not know, Stellar is really focused on a monetary system really it's about sending payments it's about remittances it's kind of more focused on cryptocurrency so everything's focused on cryptocurrency but it's more focused on the monetary aspect of cryptocurrency right being that value transfer it's kind of similar to something like a ripple right so it does have low transaction fees it does have a high tps but it's not something that i typically would have thought of them building a blockchain based game but sometimes in cryptocurrency that's what innovation is all about so i do find that interesting i don't at all consider it a bad thing that it's built on stellar uh, most of the blockchains that we hear about are ethereum hive wax things like that but to have a game built on stellar i think is interesting just in and of itself from that perspective but on top of that this is a global marketplace where you're balanced by real supply and demand and it's based on the players, not some made-up algorithm. The profits that you make in-game can be turned into actual currency and requested to be paid out. Now, this is why I'm starting to think they might have picked Stellar as their network of choice, because remember, I'm telling you, Stellar is all about currencies. It's all about kind of that foreign exchange, those remittances, things like that. So with this, you have the ability to be paid out in Bitcoin, Ethereum, Stellar, a variety of different cryptocurrencies. They're also experiencing with traditional payment processors like PayPal, Venmo, and bank transfer. So 
what I'm thinking is that you can go into this game, and again, this isn't a game that's launched yet. This is something that's kind of in the works, but I'm thinking you can have the ability to sell stuff in-game, withdraw to a variety of different cryptocurrencies, as well as perhaps fiat, or as it says here, gift cards. And that is one thing that I find very important because a lot of these games, a lot of these platforms, if you're rewarding me in your own native cryptocurrency, if that platform tanks, if that game goes down, that cryptocurrency is going to drop in value as well. So when a platform, and this is why I like PublishOx as a blogging platform so much, it pays you in well-respected cryptocurrencies that the value of those coins are independent of the game itself. Same here. The value of the cryptocurrencies, if you're withdrawing Bitcoin, Ethereum, Stellar, that's going to give you a real path to monetization that isn't dependent upon the game itself. Everything in the game will be represented as an NFT, so resources, goods, weapons, etc. Not only will they be represented as NFTs, but this means that they can be traded on marketplaces, they can be traded across devices. So obviously it's a game that's fully committed to this concept of treating things as an NFT, which I think is really awesome. And then one thing that I do like out is the team right here in its light paper. They're specifically criticizing this thing where a lot of games are pay to play and then pay more to win. I don't have to name names here, but you know there's a lot of blockchain-based games where you have to spend 50 to $60 just to buy their starter pack to even get invested in the game. Even once you have this, you got to spend more if you want to actually enjoy your in-game experience. So I like that this is designed to allow players to enjoy the game while focusing not on pay to win, but on play to earn. And then this is one reason why, you know, Stellar Network, like I said, it was kind of interesting choice for me to build a blockchain-based game, but the technical strengths of the Stellar Network really speak for themselves. What you can see here, the fees of the network, and again, look at this, 0 .0000007, enables them to cover the cost of transactions. So when you're on Stellar, those transaction fees are so small that it's really, not that they're non-existent, but they're so small that it makes sending transactions, transferring NFTs, carrying out in-game actions, it makes that incredibly cost-efficient. And the base game is similar to expanding your city. You have populations, you've got different buildings, you've got marketplaces, you've got troops, equipments, all of these different things. And again, this is a game that I'd like to do a full review once it officially comes out. But just for right now, it does look interesting. It looks like kind of a city building game. So maybe something a little bit similar to kind of the tycoon based games that you might have played when you were a little bit younger. But either way, it sounds really exciting. And simply for the fact that it's built on the Stellar Network and that you can change out your earnings to a variety of different cryptos, perhaps fiat, as well as those gift cards, that's something that when this game comes out, I definitely plan on taking a more in-depth look into it just for that functionality alone. Even if the gameplay isn't that good, which I do think the gameplay is going to be good. I like medieval stuff, so I'm excited for that. But even if it wasn't simply from a cryptocurrency perspective, being able to pull out in different things, that's quite an accomplishment. So I would definitely want to take a look into this game when it does come out. So that being said, if you are interested in the game, if you do like the concept, you can register, you can follow all of their socials so that you can stay up to date. So that's just a quick overview of some of the biggest news in blockchain gaming this week. And I have to be honest, most of the news that I'm covering is obviously based on projects that I'm interested in, projects that I follow. So if there is any big blockchain gaming news that I missed, or if there's a game that I really should check out, be sure to let me know because it seems like you all really enjoy these videos about the games, about kind of the blockchain gaming, the ability of play to earn. So if there's any games that I should be playing that I'm not playing, be sure to let me know. 
I have tried the Prospectors game. Not going to lie, it was just too complex for me. I couldn't understand it. I know a lot of people enjoy it. Kind of the same with Upland. I've tried both of those. Not that they're bad games. They were just a little bit too much complex for me. So if you know any kind of simple games that have a good monetization model, but that are also fun to play, be sure to leave them down in the comments below. So as always, I'd like to thank you for watching. I hope you enjoyed the video, and I'll see you next time.